Hello and welcome to The Yellow Card. It's been yet another absolutely scintillating week of action in the Premier League. Dipain, how are you doing and what are your thoughts about this past week's action? Yeah, another good week of football, I think. More sober in terms of the goals, but uh, still not short of action. Quite a few controversies as well, with VAR doing what VAR does once again, robbing people of goals. I think that's the primary job of VAR. What do you think about that, Chirag? I think, quite honestly, it's literally something that adds insult to injury. We've had our issues and I've spoken about VAR very strongly when it was used against Liverpool. United and Arsenal have also borne the brunt of war. I think this is unfortunately, at the moment, it seems something that we will have to live with. Although I was reading that uh, uh, that some of the Premier League referees, and, and, and pardon me because I forget the name, they actually want to go and approach UEFA or FIFA and actually take a leaf out of the book from the Dutch league because I believe they have a 16-centimeter rule where it is actually the linesman's call, even though the VAR could take a decision. So it would remain with the linesman the call. It's going to be interesting to see if that can get implemented in the English Premier League. But right now, honestly, something needs to be done because VAR, at the end of the day, instead of helping the game, it's here to aid and abet the game. It's here to help and get rulings far more correctly. It's actually proving a hindrance and it's it's stopping the game in its full flow. And it's honestly taking the fun out of the game. It's really stealing the joy of the game from both players and the fans. I agree. I agree. There have been a lot of very obvious decisions that have gone that have that VAR has not taken or VAR has not given in terms of say the offside goal for Lacazette whereas Xhaka was ruled offside but when you see the replays you can clearly see that Xhaka was nowhere involved in the play or he wasn't really blocking Michael initially you you could say agree with the linesman that he thought maybe Xhaka got a touch on it but the replays proved that he did not similarly Man United Chelsea I think there was a clear penalty there where I think Mag- Wire had a stranglehold on one of the players and that would have been a clear foul any given day. I mean, you and I could give that sitting in a VAR room. So, why aren't the VAR officials giving those kind of decisions? In answer to your first question, I think it's more about uh, the problem with the rule as such because I also, in my opinion, think that I agree with you. It's a clear goal. However, if you look at the offside ruling, I think that, and, and again, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that it was actually Zaka and Obama Yang that were actually ruled offside in the build-up, which is what creates the confusion because were they actually involved at that time where it was an impact, it it, it played a part and it it was an impact on the goal and how far do you need to go back uh, in in terms of the build-up play to rule whether someone was offside or not. These are all reasonably grey areas and because of the way the rules are written, it's taking the fun out of the game. In in terms of... uh, Maguire's uh, arms all over the Chelsea player. The, it, it's a clear pl- penalty. The problem is, VAR can only come in if the referee makes a clear and obvious error. So, if the referee is not ruled over here, unless someone actually goes and, say, punches someone in the face, I don't think VAR is actually going to get involved because, per the rules, uh, the video assistant referee can't actually go and get involved unless there is something there, which creates a lot of confusion because it's not really being used, number one, to its fullest capability and number two, at the correct times. 
it's it's proving a big hindrance and a big frustration for managers and players alike across the premier league it is not that oh it's liverpool it's your favorite team or it's a top team that we're talking about it's hampered everyone in some way or the other right and but as you were saying they're tr- looking to go the way the dutch league has wherein they give the benefit of the doubt or leave the final call to the on ground ump- uh, referees so would that be a better option or would the better option be you get put the best referees with var and they can always take decisions using the footage that they have i mean it may have a 10 second 20 second delay or 30 second delay but should the best referees be in the var booth rather than on the field basically I'm asking should there be more war or less yeah so i don't think it's a it's an issue of best referees being put there the the issue is should war be used more and i think certainly it should in because they need to expand the rules to allow the video assistant referee to intervene when they see something like that and right now it's not there secondly they also need to rewrite the rules in terms of who's offside in the build, build up play what is defined as a clear impact on the goal because lacazette's goal should have clearly been counted uh, it's very unclear about whether even if you take in mane's offside if it's the shoulder if it's the arm because of the different and unclear rules which have which have which are now being you know brought into the game it's it's fairly unclear it's a proper gray area and it could have gone in either way so it's it's fair to say that it definitely needs to be looked into because the bottom line is you're stealing the fun out of the game and it's going to lead to a lot more controversy in future we've only had what six games and there's so many issues already this this season and i i i don't see it getting any better the only silver lining if you really really want to see it is this is applicable across the entire league i mean you can say over a period of a season this might get evened out for all the teams but then these are high impact decisions like liverpool who were about to win a game they didn't get that win they got a draw out of it uh arsenal against leicester you could say that one one goal early on in the first half could have put them in a dominant position but then eventually they lost 1-0 to leicester and man u chelsea if i mean chelsea would have gotten that penalty it could have been a momentum changing game for them and it could have been momentum changing for manchester united so these are high impact decisions i completely agree with you i i am not for what is happening now i'm just trying to justify in my head the the fact that this is okay because unfortunately no matter what the debate is between you and me or what the debate is across journalists and commentators alike across the globe i don't see war going away anytime soon and neither do i actually see see them changing the rules at least this season depending on the actual amount of outcry from the public and teams alike you may see certain rule changes uh maybe for the following season that too if we're really really lucky but i don't see anything changing in the near future and at in the very least least i don't see it changing for this season so it's here to stay and it's something that we're going to have to uh, you know take in our stride and while it's a tough pill to swallow i think uh, all the teams need to just learn to live with it and and move on there's no other choice that i think uh, we're going to Uh, we, we are left with and 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 don't get me wrong i'm sure i'm going to be screaming myself hoarse <laughs> throughout the rest of the season in terms of the war decisions and especially if the, those three points against the blue side or mercy side cost us the league i'm going to be 
really, really yelling on on top of rooftops. So I I get the impact and I get the importance of these decisions. It's just unfortunately, I think that there's very, very little that any one of us can do about it at this point in time. Yeah, I agree with that. So I think let's better just then to move on to the performances and the results of the past game week. What is happening at the top of the table? Uh, table toppers, challengers, all the top teams are dropping points consistently. Uh, it's the the league this year seems to be more open than ever before. I think what's happening at the top of the league is that Liverpool are close to getting back to where they belong. That's what's happening. So when you say, "Oh my God, people are losing points." Uh, not really. Liverpool stole the points back, even though they had an offside deci- decision against them. And uh, Salah was ruled offside, and two minutes later, Jota went and scored. So uh, it, it, it requires class to pain, and my team has that. When you're talking about the others, well, Everton dropped dropped points, much to Ancelotti's dismay. They went down 2 0 to Southampton, and it was really surprising. I think the sad part was the uh, red card to uh, Lucas Dean. Or Lucas Dinier, however you want to pronounce that. And I don't think that what he actually did deserved a red card because it was absolutely unintentional and it wasn't as bad as it looked in, in slow-mo. Uh, so I think that's something that referees, again, are going to really, really need to look at. When it comes to dropping points, well, City have not had a good start to the season at all. They've been without Aguero for the most part of it. And I think Aguero faces... The timeout again. They've been missing a lot of big names. De Bruyne also has been an in and out. So I think that's what contributes to it from, from a Chelsea standpoint. I think it's going to take a while for everybody to actually come in and gel because between the old and the new, they're still figuring out what their best formation is, what their best, who their best players are and exactly what style of football they're going to play. It's going to take time for, for them to gel. Uh, in terms of Manchester United, I, I keep on saying it's more of same old, same old. I don't really have an answer because they're not really changing things up. If you look at the side that they played on the weekend, as opposed to the side that they played in the Champions League, I think Alex Tellez, Axel Tuanzebe, great performances in defence and they were not even there uh, on the weekend. Now, you can take the argument that there are a lot of matches and again, we have Champions League midweek uh, so, therefore, they were rested. But the point is, uh, Alex Tellez has just come into the side for a fair amount of money with his contract expiring in June. Uh, we United have those central defensive problems and Tuanzabe came in with an amazing performance. He could actually save United a, a good few million if he actually continues the way he's going because they may not need to be in the market for a centre-back. And I think that the only way you can figure that out is by giving him more games. So, they're not playing their strongest sides, I would think. And I, I, I'm a little surprised with the way United lined up last weekend. And and I, I'm not sure that I'm going to be saying anything different anytime soon unless they actually start Cavani from the beginning, which should happen. He's experienced. So there's no reason why he can't actually uh, start from you know the, the very beginning of the matches immediately. So let's see how they change it. My problem with Chelsea, United and City is that there are a lot of issues building based on the fact that I don't even think Pep has really signed a new contract yet. That's one of the things. A lot of players have been injured. There doesn't seem to be proper direction. With United, I already said what I had to say. And Chelsea, like I said, they need time to gel. The surprising team that dropped points was Everton because against the Southampton side, you probably expected them to to really go on and and, uh, dominate the game, which really did not 
happen yeah i mean with everton with the form they are in the way they were playing it it was a very surprising that they lost 2-0 that was one of the surprising part but with man city i think we spoke a lot about man city's defensive issues whenever we speak of man city it's the defense that's the problem areas but in the last three league games man city has just one goal in each game so that is also very unlike manchester city i mean they are known for scoring goals known for attacking play and that doesn't seem to be translating into goals even if they are not they're not particularly playing bad through the midfield or the attacking areas but yeah it's not really translating into goals and also on chelsea i mean we we say it's a young it's a new side lot of new players have come in but by now it's been they would have played say 8 9 10 matches across all competitions by now they should at least have a structure ready or the first team ready i don't think they have found what their first best 11 is or their best uh, formation is i agree with you and the problem is the gap between the uh, lesser known sides or the or the sides w- which don't have as big stars compared to the top six if you want to call them uh it's 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 narrowing and uh, uh, that's the beauty of the premier league that on any given day even though side at the bottom of the table can actually take points from a top table side so it's going to be actually interesting to see because um i think between in, in, between the first 10 places there's only a difference of four points at the moment six games in and while it's fairly early it, it's going to be interesting to see how that pans out because um a lot of the sides uh, like united and city are still on and i think even arsenal are actually uh, in the bottom half of the table currently so united while we speak of this uh, weekend's lineup why why is in van der beek playing consistently for them i mean without pogba being there without uh, greenwood and uh, marshall if these three are not there in what scenario at the present moment how do you play one mata ahead of van der beek well uh, i think we need to direct that question to Ole, because uh, <laughs> I just have no explanation for it. You're buying people and you're keeping them on the bench. You're or you're keeping them outside the squad in terms of Alex Telles is what what happened on the weekend. Uh, so I'm I'm a little flabbergasted as to what the strategy is here. And it's it's I mean literally I don't really have anything to say because I don't know what the man is thinking. And other than the fact that I think that again because I I like Solskjaer as a player and I think he's really good and and he's done well for United. Remember overall even as a manager he's not really done badly. so i would hope that he has enough time before they actually get in a new manager but in terms of his thinking wendebeek should be starting game you know week in week out he actually scored on debut after coming on off the bench so why not if he's playing well why not similarly he's playing well for for the netherlands as well when he's on international duty so it doesn't make sense to keep a person like him on the bench and same goes for alex telles cavani you've got at 200 quid a week 200000 a week and um keeping him on the bench because he may or may not ready, uh, be ready i think he's training hard i think he deserves to start and he's that experienced and which is why you brought him in so you might as well play him i i can understand that maybe until the psg game he was not ready i think he probably should have been used a little bit in the psg game and even if you don't do that i'm sure he could have started against chelsea so it, for me uh, these questions remain unanswered and uh, i i would really like to see how 
how things you know progress going forward because i don't have these answers since you've extensively spoken about oleganam solshar and the manager and whether he should continue or whether he should get more time let's let's talk about a few of the managers that are there who are probably in the second season now just starting to form their team per se and it's between solshar lampard arteta ancelotti and mourinho ancelotti and mourinho of course have pre- uh, prior experience but uh, as far as this new team is concerned or the new projects are concerned they are also fairly new into the system now so which of them has been say the most impressive or the most outperforming in your opinion i think it's going to be a toss up between uh, arteta and ancelotti because the 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 fa- and remember if i'm not wrong they both had their uh, they were both in the stands last season when they got appointed and it was everton versus Arsenal and I think they pay, played a subdued nil-nil draw if I'm not mistaken at uh, at Merseyside and at that time you were wondering what's going to happen to either team and I think the way they've basically been able to come in mid-season last uh, last year and then actually build their squads and not only build their squads but build a philosophy uh, which uh, around their sides and it's it's really been amazing to see I think both have had fantastic starts to the season you can definitely make out the the difference in the way both arsenal and everton play so it's definitely going to be a toss up for me between uh, both these managers at the moment i'd probably say um Arteta has done a better job in stamping his mark on Arsenal because you can see the difference in the way they play the game and it's already converted into a trophy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, definitely yeah. the two of them are looking like they, they are doing a really good job and you can actually see what they're trying to do and the results that are following from it. But even Lampard for that matter, but Lampard was really impressive last year with uh, the whole... signing freeze that they had over the last year they couldn't bring in anyone new he got in all the young guys from wherever they were out on loan and made them really perform as a team this season the last few matches you can say that that hasn't happened with all the new signings now that have come in with all the high profile players that have been coming in so that may probably go against lampard otherwise even i i think even he would be amongst a contender for that top spot of the new managers i'm surprised those that you did not pick your favorite the special one Well, the special one will probably do something <laughs> when he comes come the end of this season. We'll give him his time. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, Spurs had another glorious game uh, uh, on the uh, or this weekend. And when I say glorious, what I mean by that was a hard ground out victory, and it was again uh, Kane and Son again, and 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 Sunny was on song for for Spurs, and I I think we're looking promising there. So. I don't really have anything to say ex- except for watch the space uh-huh. and 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 I promise special one will do something this I season. Think, so Son now has right now has more goals in the Premier League than Arsenal do this <laughs> this season. So it's an interesting stat. But, but then yeah Son and Kane are probably saving Mourinho the blushes to quite a, quite an extent. The, I mean just the partnership because a large amount of those goals have been kane and son and their partnership is really it's, it's almost like they know where each other are no matter what the situation of the play and without looking kane will pass a through ball and he'll find son and he's go he'll go on one of his runs and just you know manage to score so these kind of things that are happening it's really impressive to see that relationship between kane and son that has uh, developed over the last couple of years or so yeah and honestly i'm actually very excited about the entire spurs squad because when you look at the bench they have a strong bench and what happens with it is 
you saw that Bale was rested, Vinicius Junior, sorry, Carlos Vinicius was rested, Regano was rested, and these guys are probably all going to feature in the uh, Europa League for Spurs again, like they did last week. So uh, you can finally see that strength and depth for. Spurs, and when I say finally, make no mistake about it, I'm not blaming Pochettino at all because I used to love him as the gaffer at, at Tottenham. I, I, I'm probably going to say, I don't know what Mourinho's come and done, but he's made Daniel Levy open the coffers and spend that cash. I mean, if we want Pochettino back, who, who should get the axe from anyone who's there right now in the EPA? That's a tough question. And because I, I'm actually fond of most of these managers, but I'm going to have to go with... Oli needs to get the axe along with Edward Wood, bring in Pochettino and allow him to spend some money that he so that he can get players that are his players in that United side and 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 you know stamp his authority on the side and you can see the results then. That would be my pick as well. And it would be really interesting to watch if that actually ever happens. We may not get that opportunity, but who knows? Well, well, it'll it's gonna be interesting because a little buddy told me that he's being lined up. To replace Zinazin Zidane at Real Madrid. Oh my God, that that would be big. I that it's a better job for him than Manchester United at the moment. I think. Well, he's also been linked, or at least I read somewhere. Maybe a complete, just an absolute rumor. But I actually read somewhere that he's also being linked with the City job because Guardiola still hasn't signed a new contract. I think he he's done. He needs to come out of exile now, and just take pick one and. Let's see how that goes. Run with it. I agree. It's almost time. As we started this episode, I said this was a much more sober weekend in terms of goals. And the trend is towards a lower number of goals after that second manic weekend that we had. So, is it something that teams have finally settled down in their defensive lineups? Uh, is it fewer mistakes? Is it just better goalkeepers coming in from the French League? What is happening? <laughs> well, I, I, I think it remains to be seen because one... Uh... Of one low, low scoring, and when I say low scoring, that is only because of the heights that the uh, 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 other game weeks have reached. I will say slightly lower scoring uh, 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 this weekend. But I, when you're talking about lesser errors, I'm not really sure because they need to have been called into action those goalkeepers or or those defenders, which has not necessarily happened. Like even when you take into account that there should have been a penalty for Mag- you know Maguire's actions. That would have been an error and it wasn't really, you know, nothing happened to that. When you're talking about good goalkeeping, I will only give it to Mendy who made a couple of fantastic staves against United. But uh, other than that, I'm not really sure whether you can credit the defensive lines for settling down or the goalkeepers for settling down just yet. I'm not saying it won't be the case eventually, but uh, just because it's one weekend, it's too soon to say that they are settling in as such and I, I i actually look forward to a lot more goal scoring uh high high goal scoring weekends but i mean there are certain teams that you can see progress in in terms of leads leads started off with two games that they conceded i think seven goals in and after that they've they've been managing to keep uh, clean sheets and just conceding a single goal in so in those terms those are teams that over the past two three weekends have been doing better so that way there are a certain areas where or certain teams where there is 
improvement they are catching up the initial nervousness or the initial feelers are are gone the nervousness is gone anxiety is gone and they're they're pretty much settling in now the team like leeds can now say okay yeah they would have been full of doubts when they came in but now they can say okay we know we're here and we can do the job a lot of the players will be able to say that now and be much more confident going ahead i think that's true and especially for a team like leeds because they've come up from the championship there was definitely a slight nervousness at the start uh, i think ailing in particular has done really well in their defense for all leeds and if you look at the way leeds have performed uh, this weekend it was a bamford hat trick a lot of people said that bamford could not perform or would not be able to perform uh, in the premier league and he's already started to prove them wrong so uh, i i think it's going to be just very very interesting when it comes to leeds because it's a side again that i'm very very excited about uh, i do agree with you from a uh from from a perspective that some sides have been settling in like you like like you said about leeds but i think on a broad basis especially the top sides are still yet to settle in terms of their defenses and how they go about things but definite positives for from mendy and chelsea i think i think two clean sheets in his first two games so that that's a good sign although he almost did a kepper there at the start didn't he well <laughs> I'm going to just choose to ignore that <laughs> and I'm just going to try and take a quick look at the table because if I remember correctly I had predicted that Spurs and Chelsea would soon be in that top 4 places. Spurs are getting closer, the 5th right now and uh, Chelsea still have some a fair bit of work to do and I I know it's very early in the season but like you yourself said that uh, Mendy is looking good. So I think once we once Chelsea sort out their defense it it it'll bode well for them because they will have that kind of firepower going forward especially now that Zayech is also on his way back from injury and pretty much recovered. Yeah but I think I mean the sooner Chelsea and Man United you know figure out their first 11 or the best 11 or the best formation the better for the league overall i think they'll become more competitive and challenge all the guys at the top and obviously liverpool manchester city manchester city also need a few things to you know turn around before they can they can be considered now as challengers or favorites or however you put it no i i definitely agree with you i don't think that other than everton i don't think that there is a side that's actually made a good strong start to the season and of course you can say villa as well but in terms of the general top 6 i think all have struggled whether it's liverpool whether it's united arsenal chelsea spurs all are on a certain level have struggled it's been everton and villa that have both been the surprise packages and come out and done really really well over the course of the last few weeks so um i think the top of the table needs to settle down and i don't actually seeing it see it settling down till uh, around about end november or or going into december and christmas because uh in another couple of game weeks you have uh, another international break and uh, i think post that is when you'll say you'll have a successive run of continuous premier league games they'll start uh, the pressure will start building and uh, they will need to settle down if they want to actually end up in the top 4 5 positions in this league yeah i think more or less I, i'm i'm in agreement with what you said there we'll we'll see there are a couple of inter- interesting matches coming up in the next game week also i think so that that should also 
be interesting to watch and as you said after a couple of game weeks there will be another international break teams right now are probably looking to manage the workload for all the players and trying to find that balance and in that sense the teams that have fewer injury issues or the teams that have depth probably might be better off going forward in the next few weeks oh absolutely absolutely oh uh, definitely agree with your comments it is a matter of strength and depth especially given the covid situation the champions league and and Uh, then eventually the Carabao Cup and things like that. So it's going to be about managing squads and managing players. I think uh, we can end it over here, Tepain. It's been a really interesting discussion this week. Uh, it was really nice getting into the thick of things with you. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you on the other side of this match week. Cheers. <laughs>